Welcome to Energy Unleashed, a unique podcast that kicks off each episode with an energy update of an actual client healing session from Suzanne Worthley, a full-time intuitive energy practitioner and holistic healer. Suzanne openly shares real client challenges and fears from health issues to personal relationships to ghosts and land hauntings to death and dying and more. Directly following each energy update, Suzanne invites co-host Kim Hess to join her in Unleash to present the human perspective, share real life experiences, and offer professional energy tactics to help you navigate life here on Earth and beyond. Hello, everybody. It is Suzanne Worthley along with Kim Hess for Energy Unleashed. We start this segment out with an actual energy session that I had with a client. And what I do is I ask them on an anonymous basis if I can use their information because we can all learn from each other. And this particular client was kind of a really super interesting case. So I'm going to give you a little bit of information on it first. And then Kim and I are going to sort of unleash it, sort of talk about it a little bit further and kind of dig deep. So this client that I had was a new person for me, hadn't met her before. Uh, At this point in time, because it's COVID, I'm actually doing this work remote. So we do this even on the telephone. And uh, she came to me with her initial diagnosis of vertigo. And I have never met her before. And I scanned her the moment that we were chatting on the phone. So what that means is I'm a telepath and I can kind of lock into their energy even over the phone. And I could see that she was still a little bit off, but she said that this actual vertigo comes and goes for her in quite extensive like bouts. And she said that this particular kind of a thing called vertigo started for her after she had her child years ago and she experienced it in a postpartum depression. And since then, the vertigo came and went, came and went for years. And she didn't really ever get any help from the medical world. She didn't really know what was going on. She had no clue as to why it was happening. And she just didn't have any answers. And it basically is exhausting. She also has had a lot of physical troubles in her past. Uh, She said that she had been diagnosed with MS. And basically, she claims that she had been treated for it. So she said that that didn't particularly really come into play too much anymore in her life. But she also had had some really big liver struggles and her body was basically depleted of energy and chi and she was pretty much exhausted all of the time. She is an only child and uh, her parents are both still alive. When I tapped into her parents, The father has what I would call rigid lines. So what that means when I'm an energy practitioner is that means that I kind of I kind of go into and feel the lines of energy, meaning if they're rigid and strict, that means the father or the parent, whatever, would be very strict in how they um, presented themselves with belief systems, with rules, with we don't we don't talk about that. We only do this this way, et cetera, et cetera. So those that's what I mean about rigid lines. If they're wishy-washy and kind of not, you know, don't really care and they're all over the board, it's more of a wiggly kind of a line thing. But dad, oh my goodness, and this one was very rigid and sure enough, found out and validated from her that he was military. So that makes a lot of sense for me. And she said that the parents actually fought a lot when she was younger and again, only child. So in her particular life now, uh, I'm assuming she's around in her 40s. She uh, was divorced years ago and is now raising her child alone. And um, her husband cheated on her back then, she told me. And that was the premise for, you know, the impetus for the divorce. And so just prior to the session, however, that we were working on together, she had also just been cheated on by her current partner. And she had just recently left him and was now completely alone again. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it was sort of almost the exact same scenario in terms of the men, their sort of personality traits, very overbearing for her, um, you know, just kind of like um, she didn't have a voice, she wasn't heard, etc. So the partners were very um, commanding of her energy and sort of stepped all over her and she allowed it. So what I found when I start to tap into her, and like I said, I do this work remote or telepathically, 
I found a lot of wounds of self-worth with her. And when I do a body scan, a telepathic body scan on a human, when I find that they're having self-worth issues that go very far back into their childhood, the body itself in the energy template, the auric field or the energy template holds like what we would call the instruction set for the rest of the meat and bone body experience. And if I find a lot of wounds of self-worth, the solar plexus, which is right under the rib cage, is really affected and it kind of punches in, which makes the actual physical body almost form a C shape, if you're following, and kind of crunching like um, an infant crunch. And the harder the C shape holds, the more intense the C shape is, that tells me the more old the actual wound is. So if I've got a slight C shape, that means maybe it was, you know, in my high school, college years or adult young years. If it is a really seriously tight C shape, that tells me that the actual initial wound or the anchor of whatever is happening happened in utero. And in this particular case, she was that very tight C shape. And so I knew that these initial wounds of self-worth and being safe and communication with her um, parents was happening in utero. And I'll get into that in a little bit here. Her legs, when I was scanning her, were very floaty. I didn't get any sense of her being grounded into the earth energy at all, not having any semblance of being placed here as a human on this planet. Um, she she was, uh, the, the legs themselves, the ankles were kind of like wobbly all over the place. And her tummy area, which is where we hold a lot of our emotions and our feelings, on her was completely like, almost like dead. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean energetically. It was just shut down. It was just completely like almost non-existent and, and just dark energy. No chi at all. No movement here. The other thing that was super big for her was she had the feeling of like wearing a very large backpack, which happens to many clients. This will indicate oftentimes that they are carrying others' energies and they are holding on to others' stuff. And this will oftentimes show up as tight bands of, of stuck energy around the rotator cuffs, and it will be placed on the upper back, just like a backpack is, with a density or a heaviness. And then depending upon how many people they are holding on to, taking care of, worried about, trying to control or manipulate, et cetera, et cetera, that backpack gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And this puts a very large strain on the upper neck of the body. And oftentimes the head will come forward and it will put even more additional strain on the top of like um, the backbone area where it connects to the neck. So in her particular case, she had a very heavy backpack full of lots of stuff of others. And then additionally, in that same area, she had another element of what we would call shame. And shame, when I find it in a scan, the head itself drops forward. And again, like this C-shape scenario earlier, the head will drop forward further and further with the chin coming closer to the body, down, 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 the more shame there is. And she had a fairly good amount of shame in her actual body, meaning that there was even more of a torque on the upper neck area. So this poor throat and neck was really quite abused in terms of a lot, a lot of stuck energy. And then, um, oh, I forgot to say that um, when she was an old, did I, I'm not sure if I said that her, her mom and dad had lost a baby before she was born. You didn't say that, yeah. And thank you. And so um, the baby that the mom and dad lost was only months before this particular client was born. And then they lost that child pretty far into the pregnancy and then tried again and then had my client, obviously, in utero when all of this stuff started. And so... When I'm scanning, she actually had cords of energy in a um, kind of like a spiritual sort of an emotional way. And cords of energies just simply look literally like cords that go out from our field and they'll attach out into other planes of existence. And she had literal cords of energy to her dead sibling. And this doesn't be as weird as it sounds. Um, a lot of times our, our empathy, our compassion, our love are missing them, our emotions, whatever, will cord to someone who is no longer necessarily in a human body or even on planet, and it will just find that energy out in the universal energies or the source energies, and it will have some sort of an anchor 
to that. And that doesn't um, behoove the actual body down here on planet as a, a meat and bone existence because we need all of our fuel. And that is, in essence, an energy leak, even though that sounds like, oh, that's nice. She still loves that, you know, uh, dead child, et cetera. It, it does not behoove the body. We want to cut those kinds of cords and return that. So that was all of the things that I found when I was doing the actual uh, scan on the body before the healing. And how I do remote work now it, with COVID is that um, they actually are in their home and I'm in mine and they hang up the phone. We predetermine a time and I do the actual healing work by proxy, for example, I use my body, I tap into their body by use of mine, I work telepathically in my head and heart, I astral project into their room. Um, you know, there's a myriad of ways that I do this work. And so during the healing, I did actually go into the time period, telepathically again, of when she was in utero. So what I do is I kind of jump into a timeline and I get to that emotional space and I look and I scan and I watch what is happening for this client of mine as she is being formed in utero and what does that information tell me. What that information told me was that the mother obviously was very nervous about this next pregnancy having just lost a child and she was very obsessively nervous about if this child was going to stay within her body and she was concerned it would leave. So these words stay and leave become very important. Um, she was scared that she would lose another baby. She wanted her to stay. She wanted her to stay. She wanted her to stay was the messaging that this baby got as it was formulating. And this becomes very important in a minute here. So this messaging of staying and this commitment to staying Worked well for the in utero, obviously, because she came all the way through the pregnancy with no trouble and she birthed this, this client of mine. But as this person came into adulthood, this inner narrative messaging stays within her system. And this is kind of hard for us to understand sometimes, but we get messaging, we get programming. It's kind of like a supercomputer downloaded a default program. And my client downloaded a default program into her adulthood that said, stay, you got to stay, you have to stay, you have to stay. And it got triggered when she had her own child and experienced postpartum depression and didn't know how to handle her child and didn't know if she could be with her child and didn't know if she wanted to be around her child. And it confused this concept of, I don't necessarily want to be here. I might want to leave, but I have to stay. And it was the initial anchor and trigger of the messaging, which then actually manifested as vertigo. So it was this spin factor that was going on in her internal messaging, her dialogue. And it was a conflicting message, one going one way, one going the other way. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I stay? Do I go? And this caused like almost like a vortexual movement within her, which then plays out and manifests in our physical world as vertigo. So it's very interesting to me that this then manifested even further into relationships with her once upon a time spouse and then another partner in terms of, I don't know how to leave a toxic relationship. I don't know how to be in this, but the only thing I know is I'm supposed to stay. And she doesn't do this necessarily consciously. She's doing this subconsciously. And so this is important for us to understand that a lot of our human experiences that we're doing is driven by internal messaging and internal belief systems and actual experiences that we may have early, early in our childhood, almost sometimes to the extent of in utero. And I mean, I, this might sound a little crazy and bizarre for some, but trust me, I have done enough healings where I have gone into the utero situation and understood and examined the messaging and then reverse that programming and reformatted the actual dialogue in them, which then internally releases that density and that stuck energy, cuts all those cords, and ultimately ends up in a healing. So that's basically what I did with this particular client. And she, while we were working, again, separately in two different households across the city, 
was feeling tons of energy. And she said at one point, I felt like I was going through the birth process. I felt like I was birthing. I felt like, you know, you're in my tummy area. And I said, well, I was. I was actually all the way back when you were in your mom's womb, actually. And so that kind of astounded her. We talked a lot about the flip-flop of do I stay, do I go in the relationship. She totally understood that. It resonated with her completely. And then I left this particular healing with a re- programming of actual words. And and I don't do this often, but in this particular case, I felt it warranted it. Our words are very important in terms of how our actual existence uh, formats itself. Our words are part of our blueprint that then create the matter of thoughts, actions, emotions, etc., that then eventually come into an actual physical reality and existence. So we as humans don't understand how important it is to us for us to monitor and be aware of our word choices. And the more of this work I do, the more I'm aware of word choices and how important that is. And that's a subject that we don't talk enough about and listen to enough. And, and we might want to do that more because when she reprogrammed the understanding of getting to stay versus getting to go versus getting to choose profound things happened on her body. And I was just witness to it on the phone because now we are again chatting via FaceTime and to watch her own, her power once again, to me is just a beautiful moment. And I'm so honored to be able to watch that in a client and participate in it. So what I did with her is I got her meditative at the end of her session and I had to take a big cleansing breath and sit and relax into her newly kind of generated programmed body. And I had her repeat these words after me out loud And then I asked her to tell me what they felt like. And the first one I had her do was a series of, I get to stay. I get to stay. I get to stay. And then we sat with that a moment and she just internalized it. And it was interesting because she's like, oh, this one felt stronger. This one felt weaker. This one felt this way. This one felt that way. Oh my goodness, this is so interesting. And We moved to the next one. She breathed again, got comfortable, and we went through, I get to go. I get to go. I get to go. And that literal one brought her to tears. She absolutely physically started crying. She emotionally started to understand that she always had the power to go, but she didn't understand it within her meat and bone existence. And it was so incredibly powerful for her to let those words come out of her actual mouth and to own them. And then we settled her down again. And the last messaging was, I get to choose. I get to choose. I get to choose. And when she did that one, it was fascinating because she said, all three of those lock me into feeling so strong and so powerful. And she just, she loved all three of those. Whereas the ones prior, she kind of said, I like this one the best. I like that one the least. And she said, these three united absolutely give me this feeling of complete power. So, you know, that messaging will re-input some different narrative that she can now hopefully pull on for the rest of her days in terms of finding a partner. And that comes up to a frequency that is you know, integral and truth filled and and not controlling and victimizing, et cetera. So it was a quite fascinating client. And and it was a, not a new thing for me to go into utero, but I think for me to understand that the communication of a lost child and then the next child and the father and the and the mother. And I mean, it was just a fascinating case. So I'm going to throw it out here with Kim right now, because this is our chance to kind of unleash this a little bit for you guys and bring it into like, you know, reality in terms of what we think and what we know in this world of energy. And we're just kind of kind of like, well, like we said, like the title says, unleash it. Let's, let's talk about it further. And cool story, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is. I like through the whole thing, there's so many different points in her story um, that can apply to many of us. And that's why, that's why we share these because even if you take a tidbit, Mm -hmm. even if this resonates just as a tidbit for you, then we've done our job in being able to share. So cool. So physical symptoms, vertigo, kind of interesting. I would not, until I went into the actual body, kind of like put vertigo together with a in utero situation. I mean, that was like totally bizarre for me. Well, do you get a lot of cases for your vertigo? Vertigo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
I actually do. Vertigo is um, one of the ascension symptoms, and vertigo can mean a lot of different things. Vertigo, for me, um, most of the time, and in this case especially, is stress-induced. Okay. And vertigo can also, in my opinion, as a practitioner and an energy person, I find a lot of sports injuries will include vertigo because the actual impact on an athlete oftentimes pops somebody out of their body and they're not they're in their body but they're not in their body energetically speaking they're outside of their body and that oftentimes causes vertigo another reason for vertigo in physical form is because of like this cord situation not everybody's corded to a dead sibling for example but Mm -hmm. we're corded to maybe you know um, a parent, uh, um, a, a lover, an enemy, a mm-hmm. job. I mean, we're corded to so many things that when these cords are on us, they they throw off our balance. Mm-hmm. And this can often kind of come out as vertigo. So vertigo comes for very many reasons. But indeed, it is an ascension symptom, meaning when our planetary system is changing in vibration and frequency, It throws off our inner balance, our inner ability to hold that balance. And so a lot of people are experiencing it, along with the things like ringing ears and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, pitches in there in behind, you know, the eyes and light flashes. And a lot of that stuff is very common these days. Well, I I never um, I've thought about it before, only because you've brought it up before in different situations. But this whole idea that the environment that a pregnant woman is in with a baby and how much is actually learned and how much actually is impacting that baby um, is amazing to me. Like, you know, I think, I don't think most people think that happens until the actual birth. I know being a mother of four, I think, oh my gosh. I know. I had to think back. I'm like, did I, did did I I say anything? No. What did I say? Am I explaining one of them? I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I, it's not it, it's not actually um, a funny thing in terms of that, because mm-hmm. just think of the people that are struggling right now with how crazy our world is. And they're trying to birth a child into all this mayhem and, you know, ridiculousness that we're faced with right now. And this is a very true mm-hmm. energetic thing that happens when we are becoming. And it's very important for us to understand that this in utero thing can be carried into not just even this lifetime, by the way, it can go lifetime to lifetime if you believe in reincarnation, which we do. Mm -hmm. And this in utero thing can be passed along again and again and again. These are really primal deep wounds that we are not even privy to because we aren't there, but we are there, but we're not there witnessing that. And unless we have a family structure that tells us that story, or validates it. Now, in other utero cases, when I've had these extreme C shapes and and go in and tell them that, I've had very many clients in the past that will then go back to their parents and ask, you know, hey, what went down when you were pregnant with me? And it's been fascinating and validating beyond words for the stories that have come out for what I get psychically. And that's not to say I'm cool or awesome psychically, but it, it proves in in the situation that they hear everything, that right. baby hears everything. So right. be warned, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, send the love. Send the love. Yeah. Because I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. And, and I love the way that, you know, spirit works with every practitioner differently. I'm sure that not all practitioners see things the same. And I have been gifted with that information from my guys to to know that is an immediate indication of what I'm looking for, as is that head drop with shame. Um, those are all indicators that my guides have given me over the years to be very well aware of what I'm tapping into and where I need to go for that information and healing. So it's kind of cool. You it's know? very cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And shame again. That goes. That goes in reincarnation. Yeah. It comes along. And that shame definitely comes right out from in utero as well sometimes. So these are things that we aren't necessarily aware of. We don't know necessarily that we're hanging our head, Mm -hmm. but we are. And sometimes you can see that physically. And sometimes you can actually see the solar plexus and the actual chest on people in caved in, like caved in. Mm. Um, I've seen it on um, some males, especially when they have almost caved in upper, you know, upper solar plexus, lower chest area, like they got punched really hard. And that will indicate a lot of this, you know, really initial childhood programming. 
in not a good way. It's always negative. So it's very interesting that the body will follow suit, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and other symptoms that she she had, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, going in and getting treated for internal, you know, issues and mm. MS, I mean, that's a that's a big stress yeah. type of illness. Well, and, and it's very much, you know, MS, um, rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. uh, fibromyalgia, all of those kinds of diseases. We, from energy, look at them as diseases until they become a technical disease for the medical profession, per se. Um, these are indicating fear of movement forward a lot of times. And this is definitely the case with her. When we are fearful of moving forward, our body parts will shut down communications and our A's will be joints and muscles and MS's will be, you know, the communication to the brain and back and forth. We don't know how to communicate through the pathways of the meridian lines and the use of the chakras, et cetera, because we are scared in some capacity to move forward. And when we bring this back to this particular client's life, obviously she was scared to move onward. She -hmm. didn't know how to get out of a toxic relationship. She didn't get that she could walk away, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, this is what is so detrimental and harmful to true abuse victims is that they don't, really know they have the capacity to leave because their programming says they can't. Right. You know, and then you got some schmuck that says, well, why didn't you just leave? You know, why don't you just go? It was a bad relationship. And those aren't, that doesn't work that Mm -hmm. way because the body itself is energetically following a blueprint, which is an instruction set. Mm -hmm. And it follows that. And it doesn't know how. Now the liver is a different situation. The liver, when she was having trouble with that, unbeknownst to her, I said, That makes perfect sense to me because the liver holds anger. And she's like, oh, what? And I said, the liver holds anger, as does like the kidneys and a lot of this whole solar plexus area has a lot to do with anger dis-ease. And so this makes absolute sense to me because she's, you know, ticked off beyond belief. And she's, you know, mad because she doesn't have a voice. And yet she's the one allowing no voice. And so we have to take personal responsibility if and when we're ready to heal that I did have the capacity to make those choices and change that narrative if I did the work. And she's finally, uh, you know, understanding that enough to embrace the work, which is a beautiful thing at this point, right? Well, when you were talking about the the backpack, yep. you know, and how, I mean, think about the restrictions of oh, yeah. the straps of the backpack, but the weight on the back of the, and you said it goes into the back of the head, kind of where your skull. Yep. You know, and when you think about that shuts off your neuro transmitting the pathways again ms related in terms of exactly autoimmune any of those those illnesses and then when you when you were talking about no energy in her stomach area even you know so that all goes there's no flow there's no chi there's no right we call chi prana whatever intermixed words you want you know one's chinese medicine one's hinduism whatever all the same thing as life force. And so if our body is not moving, you know, the prana comes in as the life force and then she has moved through the meridian lines. It's like the pathways, the superhighways. And if we're not moving that gasoline, think of a car. You can put all the greatest gas you want in, but if it all falls out of a broken tank, your parts in your car are not going to get you down the road very far. Right. And we are very similar in terms of our actual vehicle. Our body is not producing the gasoline, holding the gasoline, moving the gasoline, our parts are dying. And so this is exactly what's happening to a client like this, unbeknownst to her in a physical way. So yeah, this stuff takes a toll on the body. And in energy work, we oftentimes call it dis with a dash and then ease. So dis-ease. And the body will only take so much dis-ease until it, if it does not get paid attention to, and I don't want to say fixed because that's not really the word, but if it doesn't have some love, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't get some loving. Um, it's going to get <laughs> louder. It's going to turn into disease. And this is how we literally shut down our systems and die. And this is such a personal responsibility if people would simply just start to understand that we are a fascinating map mm-hmm. of what we are doing in terms of our emotions and our mental state, that our actual little organs are talking to us on a daily basis saying, hey, pay attention mm-hmm. to me or I'm going to shut down. We have this capacity capacity to self-heal 
And yet this is not a mainstream conversation. We do not learn this in third grade. If we were in third grade, who cares about 50 nifty United States? I want to know that I'm sucking the chi out of me because blah, blah, blah. And and we would be a completely different human race, right? Think about, okay, the brain is so amazing, but the brain will take those negative thoughts and just keep looping them and looping them and looping mm-hmm. them. And, and when you shut off that flow, when you shut off the chi and the, you know, your, your heart is not getting the message. Your heart's not sending a message back up. Your organs are not sending a message, you know, anywhere up through back through the brain. It's amazing to me how complicated our bodies are, but how amazing and magical they can be if you're letting those lines flow like they should. Yeah, if you get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, just get out of the way. Get your head, get the thoughts and the head out of the way. Yeah, get that mental field shut down. You know, and we have so many fields to what we call our aura or this, mm-hmm. you know, magnetic and electromagnetic bubble around us. Let's put it that way. And within that aura, there's levels and layers of, of templates, for example, and each of them hold different things. And we have physical, we have emotional, we have mental, and we have spiritual, and they all work as a group together. And if one is diseased, the other ones are trying really hard to go, hey, wait, what's going on mm-hmm. here? And oftentimes they'll just follow suit with the dis-ease or they'll fight one, you know, one another. And, and this is how we get sicker and sicker. And so, you know, the emotional self-worth is just as bad as that mental chatter because the emotional self-worth, you know, not feeling good enough. I'm not enough. There isn't enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. worth staying with I'm not good enough all of that mental emotional messaging is intertwined so it's an emotion but it works like a mental chatter Mm -hmm. and so the underneath all of that however is the actual primal belief and this belief is what was created in utero by the messaging of the parents and so we aren't going to ever blame Mm -mm. anybody for our dis-ease because that just isn't the way this stuff works we enter into family scenarios for reasons. We have things happen for reasons. And it's for us to, in our further adult life, understand these things, own them, don't run the victim program, you know, work with them, overcome them, change them, whatever it is that we choose to do. But we we have these beliefs at the very beginning because it's the first chakra or vortex or energy center in our body. And it comes out of our tailbone perineum area. I say it comes out of the bottom part of us and connects (laughs) us to the actual earth and planet ourself. This is designed for our human body to feel safe. This is designed so that our human body um, understands fight or flight, um, materialism, what makes me safe, what doesn't. Um, It also has to do with my self-worth. And Again, back to third grade, man, if we were talking about this stuff as children, like the indigenous ancients did, they talked to their children about the land. Mm-hmm. They talked to it about the plant and animal kingdom. They took from things because they gratified it, et cetera, et cetera. They always knew their place on planet made them safe. And we do not get that messaging no. at all. No, in third grade. Unless I, you did. No, I did way, not. I, get, no. I got all the rules of what not to do. Right? <laughs> not. Yeah, absolutely. And so most of us are getting that messaging starting now, we know, in utero, mm-hmm. all the way through childhood of what not to do, mm-hmm. what you can do or should do, and how you want to do it. And we're hearing all of these messages through the filter of everyone that's giving them to us. And we mm-hmm. never necessarily are told or even made privy to the fact that I get to choose if that's a real truth for me, hey, wait a minute, do I get to like not believe that? And this is what we would call an awakening later in life is to be able to say, hey, I'm waking up to the fact that I simply do not believe that that doesn't resonate with me, that doesn't align with me. I don't care to do that any longer. And I gratefully gratify walking away from that. I didn't know I get to do that, you know, so Mm -hmm. this is where all of this kind of energetic healing begins is in that root chakra. Well, but then how does, like, when you talked about the father, the rigid rules, I mean, a lot of people have gone through this. Right. Where everything's very black and white, very polarized in their life. And and yet, coming into this life, they were not meant to be polarized like that. So, like, explain that. How does it so work? So, when we come in, a lot of us will pick our families, if we want to look at it that way, from a soul's perspective. I believe we totally pick everything and every, everything and everyone about us. And if I pick a family that is very polarized and very rigid and very, um, you know, the, we do, we don't, we can't, we should, all of those things, 
in my opinion, this gives us the opportunity as we grow to move through what we would call um, victimization or control. So victimization and control is two sides of the same coin, meaning if I feel that I've been controlled my whole life by dad's rigid do's and don'ts, I can grow up quite obviously in a system that says I can't, I can't, I should, I have to, I need to. And the goal is to remember that that isn't necessarily a truth. The reason why we sometimes pick those parents is because the soul is choosing to have a journey of remembering what I know, meaning I'm remembering that I have choice. I'm remembering that I came here to learn differently and not be the victim. Now, many people don't choose to remember what they know, and they will live that life out as a victim, and they'll go back and they'll do it again and again and again, Mm -hmm. changing places with karmic soul partners, et cetera. I mean, it's just ridiculous what the humans have done for eons with this stuff in karmic return. Mm -hmm. But the actuality of it is, is more upon, I come in with the nose and the rigid to actually transcend that, to go above that to understand from an observer standpoint that dad you have every right to believe that but I also have every right to not believe that it's a transcendence of the duality it's not I have to take the duality and when we start to hear people word like this kind I have to I can't I need to I shouldn't all Mm -hmm. of those words are really big indicators that I'm running victim programming and Mm -hmm. fear-based messaging and when we start to if we start to choose to work on this stuff, our narrative changes, where we start to say things more along the line that, hey, wait, I get to do this. And that's empowering. And then the full power is I choose. And when she reiterated those words of I choose, it was fascinating to watch her actual energy field ignite and her body posture changed and her eyes changed. And it was like, wait a minute. So oftentimes we will, as a child, come into a family structure that is counter to what we think we are trying to come in to achieve. But if we don't have the initial information of what we don't want, we don't know how to garner what we do want. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. It's hard to, you know, when you start to hear this, like if you're you're hearing this kind of um, thought process for the first time, it's so hard to grasp. Yeah, and you, you, and you want a bucket. Out. And you're like, wait a minute, tell me how to do that. Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. And it's not. Or um, you tell, or you absolutely blatantly challenge me as a practitioner, which I get a lot going, there is no way <laughs> I would have ever picked that woman as my mother, as right. a soul. And I say, yes, you did. you did. And so, you know, that one always makes me laugh because especially when it's really horrific, you know, we're talking about some tough messaging in this particular Mm -hmm. client scenario, but I've had many stories where it's, you know, hands down, full-blown abuse, and Mm -hmm. that abuse is horrific. So do we pick that abusive parent? Yes, we do. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow because somebody's going to say to me, no, I would never do that. That's ridiculous. And I come back to say, you have no idea why or why not you did from a karmic perspective. For all you know, your soul was the one that actually caused the abuse last time and you chose to come back to receive the abuse this time to move through that polarity again Mm -hmm. and that's a hard one for many people to swallow now at the same time I never as a practitioner get to tell people what to do but in this case I will tell them this does not mean that you ever have to condone any bad behavior nor did my client here No bad behavior is, you know, wiped off the whiteboard with this stuff. Energy does not mean bad behavior is okay. Abuse is not okay. So I don't condone bad behavior. In fact, I don't even have to acknowledge that human being on planet if I don't choose to. Where I do the healing is me. I get off the hook. I forgive myself. I allow myself to be no longer victimized. I allow myself the healing and the moving forward, et cetera, et cetera, with choosing in physical form where those boundaries start and stop that are healthy for me with whatever toxicity I'm dealing with. Does that make some sense for you? Well, it makes sense for me. It's just a hard concept overall. And it's how do you, um, so one way to look at this is that as these thoughts go through your head and you catch yourself thinking about these things, you know, especially um, judging um, acknowledging the abuse, you know, those different things. It's actually holding on to those and saying, I choose, I, you know, I get to be in this situation, but I choose not to think that 
and, yeah. and here's my thought instead. And or I even go deeper sometimes. Why did I sign up for that? I do yeah. a lot of why did I sign up for that? I do it, Kim, in ridiculous ways throughout my day. If I'm stuck in traffic, I literally out loud will say in my car, why did I sign up for traffic right now? That's how yeah. much I believe in this concept. Because if I step back even on something as simple as why did I sign up for traffic mm-hmm. right now? I'm not going to go and, and, you know, spaz myself out in my car and be PO'd because yeah. I can't get to that appointment. And I step back and I go, wow, I signed up for traffic. This is so cool. Maybe I signed up for traffic because two miles down the road, it could have been an accident. Yeah. Or the person I'm meeting is actually running late and now it's all going to work out perfect, et cetera, et cetera. So you put your paradigm, your mm-hmm. mind, your body, your emotions, your physicality into a different space or a different consciousness container mm-hmm. right now, and I look at it through a different lens, and everything changes. So I don't necessarily change the outside reality. I change the inside one. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It takes practice. Yeah. A lot of practice. Yeah. When somebody like this client, and I have many clients that struggle with being cheated on, um, you know, this is a very common one. And this will be with a breakup even. It doesn't even have to be cheated on. She dumped me. I got fired. All of these things are the same frequency of a initial root belief of I'm not enough mm-hmm. or I'm not good enough. And what triggers in these particular people is the concept and the idea of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. If I was lovable enough, you wouldn't have cheated. Mm-hmm. If I was good enough, you wouldn't have left me. If I was pretty enough, you wouldn't have wanted somebody else. And the reality is, is all of those statements are false Mm -hmm. because they are a narrative that is feeding an initial root chakra anchor that says, I'm not good enough. So the job then of the healing of the person as an individual responsibility is to go in, if they choose, when they choose, to delete that inner programming narrative that says, I am good enough. And what that does is is it raises my vibration as an actual meat and bone body and an auric field then I come to a different vibrational frequency. So the conversation I had with this client is, you know, she of course is saying, I don't know if I'll ever date again. I don't think I can trust anybody. You know, this is very typical and I'm not making fun. This is very typical of people. I'm sure I felt like this in my 20s because we're uneducated. We don't know this stuff until someone brings it forward. Typical response, whining, victimization, I'll never find anybody, actually is not a truth either. What happens, though, is one of two things. If I don't go ahead and do my own work, if I don't raise my frequency by getting rid of the fears, getting rid of what no longer serves me, cleaning out my consciousness container, my body, etc., if I don't raise that vibration and I just go through life, I will bring in another person with the same exact blueprint and the same exact frequency. This is what happened between her husband and her latest partner. Same package. This is when people say, I don't get it. I just date the same guy. Oh my God, every woman I date is the same. That's because you're the same. You send out the bat signal. You send out the frequency where like finds like and you draw that in. Mm-hmm. Right. And think about this though. You, by doing that, you're, you're basically living in the past. Sure. It's past behaviors, it's past experiences, past, and you don't know any different to know what, you're not even moving forward to look at what should my future look like. But it's even more past than that, Kim. It goes all the way past to the initial program that you set for yourself, Mm -hmm. validated and fed your entire life that says I'm not good enough. So it goes all the way back. It's the past. It's embedded in your your brain. So there's no energetic possibility of you finding anything that's different until you choose if you choose Mm -hmm. and when you choose to ignite something within you awaken yourself clean yourself out work on yourself etc and that means dumping fear again looking you know honestly at what you signed up for get out of your victim programming and own your records of i did sign up for this abuse because i get to learn from it not i am so abused and everything happens to me so it's that flip and Mm -hmm. so this will then bring you to a different frequency that will resonate to a different type of a partner so when I'm working with this client I say the biggest work for you now is the relationship with self 
The biggest work for mm-hmm. you now, if you choose to do further work, is to go deeper in and do healing and self-love, working on your inner child, understanding from the very beginning that you are enough. And oftentimes when people have this particular problem, they will turn into the human doing machine because if I'm not enough, I also have a narrative running of there's not enough. Oh, absolutely. And now I will have there's not enough money, there's not enough time, there's not enough people, but then it's like there's not enough of me. No, and it all goes back to now your your thoughts are all about lack. Yep. Lack. All of it, material, relationships, feelings. Law of attraction's going to just, just be lack. not your best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no. Right? No. This is so all. important because what people don't know what law of attraction is or isn't if they're listening. It is really understanding like finds like. So if I understand trauma, abuse, lack, non-self-worth, that's what I'm going to sign up for over and over again because there's nobody that is out there in that universe. There's no guy. There's no... There's no body that's saying, oh, oh, I think Kim meant she didn't want that abuse. I think she meant that she (laughs) didn't want that weight. I think she didn't want that job. So they just keep giving you more of the same because the universe is wonderful. It loves you enough to say yes. Yeah. Yes. You you keep bringing it up. Yeah. We're going to give it to you. Yeah. 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 There it is. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. So it's really interesting to me because you're talking about, I mean, this is the foundation of your core beliefs. And um, when you talk about, I mean, one of the biggest things is under survival, the the um, fight, the fright or flight, fight or flight. Yep. Fight or flight. Yep. That um, it's very old school, but it's very real. It's very real. You know, that 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 actually creates a lot of stress in your body, the mm-hmm. stress hormones. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly in that that flight mode and in the fear mode um, that you're frequency mm-hmm. is never going to be in that balanced place where you're going to attract, you know, the right, the right relationships or the right. Um, and I don't even you know, know what the word right is right for that. And, and meaning I'm not changing your words, but desired. there isn't a right relationship. There may be a one that's better for your highest and best good at this time kind of a thing, because what we want to do is we want to have a relationship because there's no right or wrongs to right. really much of anything in energy. But what there is, is what is for my highest and best right now? What can raise us both together up versus drag us both down into the minutia of the crap from before kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. that's what you mean by the right relationship. Sure, we can then draw that in. We draw that in because we're at that frequency. Well, like you said, you know, the universe is there. They're going to give you what you're yep. looking for. But we also have to do the work. You know, it's not like I've had some clients go, you know, I'm out of work and so I'm just going to meditate a job away. I'm like, well, you still got to send out a resume or two and make a phone call or drop an email, right? I right. mean, this isn't like, you, do have you know, to take a magic action. carpet that just comes bringing me that person. We still do yeah. have to put ourselves out there. And oftentimes what will happen on the heels of this kind of a client is another core belief narrative will come out, which I'm sure this particular client was running as well because of the, and I'm not blaming military, don't get me wrong militaristic energy lines is what I'm going for here. Do this, don't do this, causes a lot of fear of failure. That kind of an energy line parent causes a lot of fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And so when I am going to go out and try to find that new partner again and find that right one or that wrong one, you know, now (laughs) we've got that fear of failure underneath. Am I the right? Am I good enough? Am I going to do this again? Am I going to pick another bad one? Are they going to hate me? Am I going to be good enough? And on and on those will go. Because this fear of failure is a huge thing that so many of my clients are, you know, constantly battling and challenged with. Most humans are, actually. And Absolutely. I mean, I still go in and out of it, but I, I'm very well aware. I'm, I'm not great. I'm not wonderful and perfect. I'm human like everybody else. But I practice this knowing of what scares me and I proactively oftentimes will stick myself into situations or scenarios that will help to challenge. Mm -hmm. Is that a truth or not? I mean, if I, if I'm, you know, scared, I'm out there and I'm driving in the middle of nowhere and my God, what if my car breaks down, my cell phone isn't working and, and blah, 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 blah. And the brain will like go crazy. I'm going to draw that in. Or can I notice that my grip on the steering wheel is insane right now? My stomach is churning. My head is going nuts. And I can take a deep cleansing breath and I can ask spirit or guidance or guardian angel or 
you know, dead grandma or whatever to send me a sign. And sure enough, a beautiful bird goes across my path and I go, thank you. And my hands release and I breathe. And it's that simple. But most of us don't take that responsibility because we don't think we're that powerful, but we are. Oh, right. We don't think we're that powerful. We don't think we have that power. Right. Because we've been told or we've been taught or we've brought with us Stay all or of go. those beliefs. Stay or go. You can't, yeah. you should. You have to, you need to. All A lot of this has to do with our dogmatic upbringing, our society bringing, our family upbringing, our, you know, our words, our judgments, the things that we watch. And, you know, belief systems are so powerful. And we get caught up in what other people think. We get caught up in what other people feel about us. We think we're powerful enough to actually make somebody feel some way, which is another one that cracks me up, by the way. You know, oh, she made me feel bad. I'm like, she didn't make you feel bad. She had a poor action that you chose to feel bad about yourself. Yeah, and when you, or, bring, when you bring that forward to a client, they don't necessarily always like it. But if they're truly into the work, they'll stop for a second and they'll go, whoa, wait a minute. That's a different feeling. What about going into a relationship where you think that you can change that person? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I was really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I do admit I was great at that in my 20s. <laughs> I was always looking for the bad boy that I could fix because I was the one that could see the great thing behind the shell that everybody saw, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that was a Catholic thing back then or not, but, you know, the Savior program, the Hero program, that's an archetypal program mm-hmm that most humans will run in terms of another narrative. These do come from belief systems. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that I can fix somebody is a very common thing. And most oftentimes this indicates that we really should be doing work on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Because usually what you see in that person that you want to fix is something you do need to fix it yourself. Because we mirror. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Isn't that the craziest thing? It is. Mirroring to me is so interesting. And it's such a, you know, it's such a part of therapy is noticing what I'm actually doing. But where the human, I think, fails miserably at most all of this is the actual connection to owning a meat and bone body that communicates. So Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to change you or fix you or force an opinion upon you or make you understand my truth. All of those things that we do inherently, like, you know, just subconsciously, flippantly, where this is just how I am, all of those Mm -hmm. words. Um, If we were to have a true and honest relationship with our meat and bone body, we would notice if we were trained that my throat is actually tight when I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, do I feel my stomach in a knot when you just answered that? Oh, my Lordy, my heart is breaking right now because I'm seeing how you just reacted to that and on and on. We don't own the truth barometer that we walk around in every day. Mm -hmm. And that's what this human body is a gift. It's a gift of communications, not only for ourselves but our reactions to others. And, you know, most of us don't even think like that. Well, and the more that you trust yourself, love yourself, you know, I, I think... Um, those messages or those signs in your body are easier to hear. And let's go back to our client. If she was in touch with her actual physicality and truth and integrity of her knowingness of her worth, okay, Mm -hmm. somebody throws down on me that, you know, ran in and out from the controller standpoint, you're an idiot, you, you know, you're not worth it. I don't know why I stay with you. You know, all those horrible things that happen to humans. The inner knowing would be, wow, you really believe that, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And I give my clients this lovely, wonderful line that I repeat quite often. That's your truth. It's Mm -hmm. just not mine. And my, oh my, when you pull that out, somebody goes, wait, what did you just say? And then it's like, you repeat that very calmly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's your truth. It's just Mm -hmm. not mine. How do you fight with that? You don't. It's not easy. You don't have any way to fight with that. No. Because 110%, I'm going to give you back. I get it. That's your truth. I Mm -hmm. I completely see that you believe that 110%. The thing is, is I don't. Mm -hmm. And, And there's no way 
if you are in a balanced state of mind and in relationship with your body that you need to, for any reason, change your belief. Mm-hmm. Now, you could if you chose to, but you don't have to. And so this is when free will comes into play is when we start to get a relationship with meat and bone. But most all of us, you know, we're so busy throwing all this stuff at the wall trying to see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> right? On a daily basis. And we're not even in touch with the moment and the feel. So, and the other last thing I want to go over with her um, is that she had um, trouble with her actual boundaries. She did not set actual you know, auric boundaries, meaning I don't keep myself separate enough from whomever because this is not something we're taught either. And um, boy, could we rewrite third grade curriculum together right now? Right? Absolutely. Jeez I mean, Louise, if we understood. We'd have so much fun. We would be outside all the time. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be Mrs. Worthley and Mrs. Hess in third grade. Um, but if we taught children the difference between your truth and my truth, and I don't have to take on your truth, And if I don't have that clarity, I am going to energetically be overpowered by your truth because I'm not taunt enough or or, or strong enough in that boundary or that Mm -hmm. limitation. And I can be hijacked. I can be coerced. I can be manipulated or I can be overpowered. And all of these things can change the moment that we start to get that boundary. And that doesn't mean we turn into a nasty human being that you know, I don't have anything to do with you. Get away from me. You know, it's not nastiness. It's actually self-love and protection in terms of keeping the frequency of what my truth is. The vibrational frequency is what we're looking for in terms of my frequency resonates at whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. rate, whatever, you know, whatever it feels like, whatever it emotes like, whatever it thinks like, I know my frequency. And if I come across somebody, something, a situation, a place even that does not resonate with that truth. If I'm not clear in that boundary, I can suck up that truth. I can Mm -hmm. be overpowered by that truth. I can bulldozered by it, et cetera, et cetera. So these understandings of clear boundaries are very necessary. Well, think about children and bullies. Yeah. You know, the bullying that, that goes on. If they understood their own energy and their own power in that situation, like you just described, Mm -hmm. You know, that would shut that down. Oh, in a heartbeat. Quickly. Yeah. We'd be such a different human race as adults if we would learn this stuff as kids. Yeah. The other thing that's very, very important right now is to understand that this style of energy transferring is not just happening in a human way. It is happening in all kinds of ways. We've got things in the land. We've got things in buildings, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But more importantly, I want to point out, we have it in our electronics I cannot tell you how many people have been abused verbally, mentally, emotionally, and even physically that keep and hold on to really vile emails, photographs, exchanges on text, threads that are, you know, horrific, et cetera, et cetera. And granted, sometimes they keep them maybe because they want to use them in a pending lawsuit or they need them for evidence or something, but then do this differently and take them off of the electronic and get it out of the frequency of something that sends out additional frequency because this is a loop upon a loop upon a loop. And so if we are continually hanging on to that and revisiting that, it reboots and re-triggers mm-hmm. that emotion constantly in our matrix. And it does not serve anybody or anything in the long run. All it does is keep saying the same narrative. Do you understand? Oh, you're, you're never moving forward. Yeah. You, you stay in the past. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, if you choose to do that, it's one thing, but um, that's when I get flipping saying, how's that? Work uh, how's that you? work for you? <laughs> it's not working very well. How's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is a really fun job in terms of amazing stories every day when I work. Never am I having the same kind of a client session ever. And when I get one, when they allow me to share their stories that are really unique, like this, talking about in utero and talking about you know, bringing in the same kind of client, we can all always learn from one another, because most of the time we humans are doing the same actions, Mm -hmm. because we are getting very similar messaging when we're children. And hopefully, as we continue to awaken as individuals, and as a race and a culture and a planet, etc. If we continue to dump a lot of this fear based thinking and programming, we will be able to bring forward a new generation of children that don't have those same experiences. And eventually this is what changes not only the human race, but our planetary existence and reality itself. You know, Mm -hmm. this is how we bring ourselves to a more loving planet 
filled with compassion and caring and empathy, true empathy, not empathing, not taking, not changing, just supporting and honoring. And I believe that's what the human body is here to do. Mm -hmm. And we can get there if and when we choose to as individuals first, because we can't change a collective unless we change individually. And then awesome, oftentimes people will say, well, I'm just one little person out here in the world. There's nothing I can do. And I say, no, no, no. There's absolutely everything you do because when one drop in that ocean changes, the ocean changes. Right. And don't ever forget that. And additionally, it changes your next life and your next life and your next life. And it changes those soul contracts of whom you contracted mm-hmm. with in other lives, et cetera. It's a ripple effect where everybody wins mm-hmm. it, when we do this work in the way of love. So, you know, hopefully everybody got a little tidbit out of this. And if not, maybe educational purposes or entertainment purposes, one way or the other, whatever, <laughs> right? So I thought it was an amazing story. Yeah. And um, courageous lady. Very courageous. And, um, you know, I, I think that the lessons learned in all of this and some of the examples of, you know, what you can do as an individual are really important right now. And remember, so. it's a never ending story. We're mm-hmm. always learning. I mean, just because we think we've got one thing figured out, we might get the rug pulled out the next day. But the more we do this work, mm-hmm. the less that rug pull affects us. It's kind of like, oh, there's another bump. So kind of makes it more fun. OK, everybody, until next, Cosmic Hugs. Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us again soon. And for any more information, please check out sworthly.com. Thanks.